This is Daquana Farrell, the host of Queen Conversations. Thank you for joining us again for episode three. We're having foodie fun today. I'm so excited about the ladies that I, I'm talking to today. I'm going to give some quick intros and we're going to dive right into this thing. Candace Denise, founder of Candace Denise Cakes, is a self-taught baker and cook. Candace perfected her baking skills watching her dad make the family's coveted pound cakes. In her youth, Candace cultivated her passion with cooking shows and practice runs in her own kitchen. She started selling her baked goods anywhere from church events to skating rinks. Candace is fascinated by the prospect of sharing her skill beyond the four corners of her kitchen. And in 2017, she started whipping up sweet delicacies as a home baker and founded Candace Denise Cakes. Candace, who also works with children with autism and other disabilities, runs a cooking club team, um, teaching them to cook, bake, and learn independence in the kitchen. Candace loves to foster culinary interdependence and create lasting memories. Welcome, Candace, to the show. Hey, Miss Candace. Hey. <laughs> Our second guest is Leah. Uh, Leah, in her youth, she lived and went to school in the Five Oaks area of Dayton, Ohio. Um, she was she has found fond memories of buying art supplies at McAllister's, where Gym City actually is located. Shortly after high school, she started her professional culinary quest. When she was, um, when she saw the general man manager posting for Gym City Market, she was ignited by the call to be an instrumental force of lasting restoration within the community that gave her so much through the years. With decades of experience managing retail operations with a strong culinary background and her passion for sustaining practices through farming, she felt a deep connection to uh, the community to serve in the emergence of Gym City Markets as her professional calling. She is also the founder of Victory Gym Farms, a mini micro farm startup in Dayton, Ohio, attached to The Second Shelf, a nonprofit thrift store in East Dayton. Welcome, Leah, to the show. So glad to have you. Excited to have both of you on the show this morning. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So I like to start the show with a this or that. Like, I just like the audience to kind of get a little bit about you, probably outside of what you do. So this or that, call or text, Candace. Text every day. <laughs> Leah? Text, please. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk. <laughs> Chocolate or vanilla? Vanilla. Okay. Vanilla. For sure. I like y'all. I am not a fan of chocolate at all. <laughs> Singing or dancing? Singing all day. <laughs> Leah. Singing. Singing. Okay. Yeah. We got some car concerts going on. Um, fruits or veggies? Fruits. That's hard. <laughs> that makes sense. Leah? Probably fruit. Yeah. Burgers yeah. or tacos? <laughs> I'm not picking. Burgers or tacos? Tacos. Tacos, Tuesday. <laughs> tacos at the same time. I love it. Taco Tuesday. Uh, bagel or toast? 
Oh, I need to do better. So definitely a piece of toast. <laughs> a piece, just one. A piece. White, wheat, or rye. Bagels. bagels, Candace. Yeah. Cream cheese. Toasted. Apples. Toast, <laughs> Apples or oranges. Oh. Get this Apples. right. Oranges right now. Yeah, definitely citrus. For you too, Candace. No, I'm more apples. Really now, okay. Like school background, you know, the apple a day. <laughs> yeah. Right. Salty or sweet? Both. <laughs> both. Can I get a combination? Both. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. 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 Fantastic. So I'm glad to have you both on the show. Uh, always a little fun there. Um, but I want to dive into some of the amazing things that you're both doing, um, uh, specific to the community, specific to, uh, you know, tapping into your talents and gifts. So I want to start out with the very basic question of where did you learn to bake and cook? Candace, we'll start with you. I learned to, um, bake and cook at home in my parents' kitchen, cooking more so for my mother and baking from my father. So they both um, are in those separate zones in the kitchen when I was growing up. So I would get up Saturday mornings and help cook breakfast with my mom. And then my dad would be baking all of the desserts for any uh, family event that we had. Oh, cool. Leah, wh where'd you get, where'd you yeah. learn? In my house, I was the youngest of 10. Um, my dad, he worked wow. a lot. He worked a lot. He was a pastor. And then my mom, and she stayed home and helped take care of some of us. And and so the role I played, because I had the, some of the siblings that were closer to me had some some needs, is I remember like being on a stool, like making breakfast, like grits and scrambled eggs at like four. And so oh, I yeah. really had this passion to like be a helper. Um, and my dad did a lot of the cooking. He also did a lot of the gardening at home. So I kind of took to that in my life. And it was like something with no matter what happened first of all we had to cook because i grew up in a house that didn't have an income to eat out a lot so wow. it was something that we really leaned into and it was comfortable for us as a family to eat and have like meals together um and i, I something that was comfortable to me so like as i got older with my friends like when we'd have parties i'll cook i'll yeah. be in the background i'll do the thing so it yeah. kind of became my first career and i i just went with it that's amazing. I love the influence of both of your fathers in, in your in your cooking and your baking. Um, so I was going to ask the question, where do you draw creative inspiration from, though? Um, maybe outside of the house, where are your, what are some of your inspirations as far as um, cooking, baking, meal prep, etc.? So I know there's a, a couple of bakers that I actually um, draw a lot of inspiration from just in general. Uh, there are bakers groups on Facebook that you can join and all of us get together and chat and throw out ideas, which is awesome. Um, but then in artwork, I find a lot of ideas for palette designs and just different icing creations with um, the different textures of artwork. So those are my two main sources. Gotcha. Leah, what about you? I think, you know, initially a lot of my cooking started with like batch cooking. So like, you know, you learn these survivalist techniques and you learn how to cook from scratch. And then I started to work with a lot of chefs that were formally trained French training. So that had been the French. So a lot of my, a lot of my experience really comes with like learning refinement and sustainability from like best practices using 
as much as possible from the plant or from the animal. So I really draw from those techniques. So I kind of find like beauty and like simplistic cooking where you can kind of maximize on the flavors that are there, um, being elegant, not necessarily adding too much, but learning how to really cross flavors and make them meld together. And I think some of that comes from my French cooking and being from a big African-American family, you better know how to get the flavors right with the elders. <laughs> At church right. and everywhere, you know. So like, I draw from all of that. Yeah, because <laughs> you know they're gonna ask at the at the cookout. Who, who made it? <laughs> um, so Leah, that's that's wonderful. Um, I, I think we talked a little bit about travel. I'm a huge fan of travel and food together. Great combination. Uh, Leah, have you spent? Uh, you talk about a little bit of the French influence on some of the ways you cook. Have you spent any time in Europe? I haven't. No, I have not. <laughs> it's time. It's high time. Hi, yeah, I, bet. I bet it is. I can only <laughs> Absolutely. imagine. Absolutely, it's amazing. Um, so, what are what are some of the uh, say? If you had to pick, if you had to pick, I'm gonna I'm gonna dive a little deeper into your backgrounds. But if you had to if you had to pick four ingredients that must be in your kitchen at all times, what would those four ingredients be? <laughs> this is yeah, easy for me. <laughs> You, it's easy flour. for you, baker. Flour, yeah. absolutely. Flour and sugar, eggs and butter. There it is. No, I need you salt can make as a fit. Salt needs to be there, but you said flour. okay. <laughs> if, if it's four, those are the four. That makes sense uh, as a baker. Leah. So not okay. So for me, this is definitely yeah. So olive oil. Oh, yeah, definitely. Salt. I use a lot of water in the kitchen, and um. Flour as well for, for me as a thickener or arrowroot power powder, depending on where I'm at. You can do so much with flour though. Flour is so amazing. It's it's so resilient as a as an ingredient. Like literally, you can make pasta and you can make a cake out of the same. Right. So mm -hmm. interesting. Don't let me I get on tangents when it comes to food and ingredients. <laughs> so. I'm like I'm lightweight a chef. I'm not on y'all's level yet. <laughs> oh, we, can, we can all collaborate. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like Exactly. If you could prepare a meal from for anyone, who would it be? Anyone living, dead, anyone at all? Who would it be? And what would it be? Oh, so I'm torn between my biological mom. I never met her or my dad. Um, I was like, you know, he was like, I was like 22 when he passed away. And I was just getting, getting myself dead. together. And I'm in such a different place. Um, so either of them would be awesome and what, whatever they would want, like whatever would be comfortable to them. My dad was super sick. He made the best fried chicken and mashed potatoes. I don't know how, um, and I would make, I would, I would do the same for him really, right. creepy, you know, so either of them for me would be awesome. That is so dope, Leah. Candice, anybody, anybody ever. Mine's a little less sentimental. You know, if I'm making a meal for someone, this means I get to meet them and I want to meet the Obamas. So I think you would say that. How did I know you were going to say that? Like, I literally knew you were going to say that. You already knew. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I could think of this as baking the dessert for them or the uh -huh. meal. But um, I think one of the go-to meals for me is some baked salmon. Um, I love me some salmon and some pasta. Um, just throw some lemon lavender cupcakes with it, and we'll be all set. That sounds wonderful. Can I come to the dinner with the Obamas, please? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can bring 
friend. Absolutely. Okay, thank you. I get a plus one. Yes. <laughs> I so, wash dishes. I wash dishes. I don't. I don't okay, mind doing okay. that at all. I might need your help. So my well come on. Definitely. <laughs> totally down. Totally so down. what's your favorite kitchen equipment or gadget? What's your go-to? Like I'm using that most of the time. Candace, I probably can guess it for you. I, Leah, I would have no idea what your favorite would be. So Candace. Use my KitchenAid mixer. Okay. I use that all the time. I love a good food processor, but I use the KitchenAid so much more. Yeah. Um, Leah, for me, for eight-inch chef knife, like that's sharp. Oh, yeah. Sharp knives are everything. You hear me? Absolutely everything. <laughs> I'm a, I mean, good knives are everything. You know what I mean? So there's a good knife and then there's a good sharp knife. You know what I mean? That makes a difference. That's a good <laughs> knife. With, right? yeah, with, yeah. So what, what have you all cooked a lot of during uh, pandemics, huh? the days of having to cook for the most part? And or DoorDash. But <laughs> what, have you, <laughs> what have you cooked a lot of during the pandemic? Lee, you just told on yourself. <laughs> right, <laughs> Candace, what you cook? Uh, you, you know, I didn't DoorDash at all. Um, I I bake, you know, as a job, but I love love cooking. That was my first fashion. So I was in the kitchen um, every week, uh, meal prepping for the week. Um, I like to make big meals, so I'd make a lot of lasagna and then take that over to the parents' house or make. Um, just a, a chicken meal or a pasta meal and, and call my nieces over or something like that. So I was cooking once or twice a week. Um, and when I was being lazy, then I was just snacking because I can binge snack all day. Binge snack. I didn't DoorDash one time. <laughs> yeah, sis, I wish I could say the same. I didn't DoorDash before the, like any type, like any of that before. I, I think I went through it. Like I, I lost my job. And so like, I, I literally went from, Kitchen, food, doing it to like, mm -mm. and I started farming. I, I worked two farms. So I didn't feel like it. So like sometimes I would do something simple like salmon. I do like an in papio. I make salmon. I do seasoning. I do vegetables. I put it in foil with like potatoes and I just let the thing cook or like with orzo and all that stuff. And you like put a little bit of wine in that, in that mm. pouch, a little bit of butter. It all just kind of cooks by itself. But like when I don't feel like it, I'm still, even at where I'm at, a banana and cereal. <laughs> yeah, I, or you know, or some like yogurt. I'll do something like that, like a smoothie and yogurt and some fruit to be sustainable. But you know, it's it's you gotta remember, mind, body, and soul. I I was like out there like farming, like oh, you're feeling some type of way because you don't eat. So like, and that's something I would say to everybody. Like we try to be warriors, but part of that is like learning how to like have self care. So like even for me through the process was like, how do you do that and step it up a notch? So like I've gotten to cooking more, and even like baking i didn't as a, i was a chef for, for a while and i got into my baking like maybe six or seven years ago but like baking like pita bread at home which is easy oh. and it's yeah that's easy and it's I like cheap recipe <laughs> yeah, i could send you an easy pita bread like or just like baking like gluten-free i like I just i did some baking too and i find baking to be relaxing now Amazing. cooking to me, very different yeah I'm not a baker. I need help in that area. I don't know if I need help as much as I just need to order from Candace and just, you know. Get yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> we can bake some things together. Oh, that's, that's true. Great. 
That'd be great. So I, I want to talk about, um, so thank you for all of that background about who you guys are and, and how you, how you work. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, um, some of the amazing work that you do. Leah, specifically, um, you're the general manager for um, a co-op, one of the very few co-ops here, and definitely one of the very, the only co-op uh, market in the city of Dayton proper. Um, so I want to talk about that, talk about some of the, the foundations of that, where that was birthed from, and uh, the potential impact to the community. I just want you to share a little bit about that. It's so monumental. Um, I'm a part of the faith-based advisory board for it, but uh, Leah, the I mean, the amount of work you guys have put into making sure that that thing is up and running is amazing. So please share a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Sure. The project's been going on for about six years. It, it, it's been identified in our community, and I think, you know, the community came together as a collective and started having conversations about a lot of the needs that we have. So they started calling out various needs in the community through conversation and through meeting. And one of the needs that they called out was food access. And, you know, part of that, it's been a need. It goes back to, you know, 90 years ago with redlining and the separation of people and sub suburbs happening and different annexes. And so this is like a deep thing that we've been discussing, which is important. So when you talk about the, you know, the past is the past, but the past is relevant to the present. So we can talk about how we can break the strongholds of the future, right? And so in order to acknowledge what's happened in the past, like you have to acknowledge that. So at the community, we started acknowledging these things that we needed. And the folks that really started this project weren't like grocery store professionals, but they did their due diligence um, with a lot of volunteers and initiatives, raising several million dollars in funds through community donors and sponsorships through fundraising and going on the streets, deep conversations about what's going on, market studies found it would be suitable to have a market. And they started looking at population density and, and talking about, you know, what's going on in between the river and Dayton of the east side and the west side. And we do have what we acknowledge as what we call a food desert. And we'll talk about, we call it actually an apartheid. We'll talk about that in a minute. But we acknowledge mm -hmm. that the food desert in Dayton, there's, there's, there is, there's people that don't have access and there's a true problem. So they start looking into like population density. And it's interesting how there's so much population in the cities, but all of our grocery stores are mostly, you know, past the river or you have to drive. And so that screams disparity in and of itself that we're kind of programming where a lot of people are to be in this situation and not allowing them to feel like they deserve these things that everybody else does. And so they started doing these studies and raising money. Um, long story short, through the process, they were able to get this building risen up um, in this, we also have Co-op Dayton, which is our, our nonprofit founder. Um, we're like their flagship project. They've also helped found a couple of other co-ops right now in Dayton. And they've kind of helped raise this up into this project. What's really cool is um, you can, everybody can shop at the market when we're open, but what makes us a co-op is that there's ownership from community members. So you can actually buy in to be a part of the, like, the living part of the mission 
voting about rights of the co-op and the future and being an active part of um, solving some of our community problems and changes. Um, you know, the, what's different about the co-op and what we really learn is not only do we need groceries, we need health access, we need a place to grow and collaborate and learn together. So the grocery store is also gonna have a teaching kitchen to where you can take classes and we have community partners. We have a community room and then we have a clinic in there where people will be able to come and get services. So this is an activated community space, but it starts with basic needs, right? Because I said it earlier, without food, without mm -hmm. groceries and without fueling yourself, it's not just, it doesn't just affect your, your, your body, but it really does affect your mind, body and soul as well. Crazy. So Leah, talk about some of the excitement that we've seen through uh, the community and some of the partners uh, in the community, if you will. Sure, absolutely. I think the beautiful thing about the project is our collective hope within community. So with the Teaching Kitchen, Grandview is a sponsor with that. And we're going to have everybody from Dayton Cooks in there, Premier, Children. So different colleges, universities, and programs that'll be teaching their students and the community how to cook. We also have different folks that'll be utilizing the community spaces that'll be doing like classes for first time home buyers or expected mothers or smoking sensation classes. So really activating those community spaces with partners. So this is more than just a grocery store, but a place that most people or anybody should be able to come and feel inclusive and have programming and classes too. That's amazing because what we're, what the, the intent behind the market um, is to really speak to multiple assets of wellness altogether. Um, the importance of bringing community together to, together. And I love, and having, having taken the, uh, taken the tour of the market, I love the layout. I love that there's a community room that people can make their meeting space. I love the cooking kitchen. Um, there's like six or seven stoves or ovens in there. I mean, the place is amazing. Um, and access to both hot and cold food and, and my grandmother, I grew up in Dayton and my grandmother still lives in Dayton. And so um, having that as a valuable option means the world to a community that doesn't have it, simply does not have it. Absolutely. And so some amazing work there. Um, and then Leah, talk a little bit about the farm initiative. Um, there was the the micro mini. I like I like that. Like it's like <laughs> a little tiny little marketing. I mean farming situation. Yep. So tell me a little bit about that. I never heard about the initiative itself before. Sure. So for for my biointensive my mini farm, um, I started getting into farming about seven years ago, and it, part of it was just a natural flow for me and like my personality in culinary. Um, and I was exposed to some farm tables, and it kind of brought back this reminiscent feeling from like my dad and some of my experiences like growing up. And so I decided, um, you know, I wanted to pursue my career into farm tables. So I went to a farm table. I got laid off during COVID and I had this space that I had been mowing for a couple years. And um, I, I wanted, I had a plan eventually to turn it into a farm. And I had, you know, it's, it's in another part of the area that has some disparities in Dayton. And it was just the time, you know, I was laid off. I had nothing else going on. And I had the tools, I had the seeds, I just needed the willpower. And I said, I need to do this. There's gonna be a lot of people that are hungry. There's gonna be a lot of things going on. I don't have a job right now, so I need something to do. And so I started implementing the farm plan. It's about a third acre. So saying biointensive in many, it's a small farm and it's an urban farm on the busiest thoroughfare in Dayton. So it's like right on third street by the right across from a bus stop on the corner. And we grow vertically. So we try to grow a lot of things up 
to kind of preserve space. Mm -hmm. um, and then we do a lot of inner cropping and rotational growing to kind of help replenish the soil. Um, no chemicals, organic, natural, sustainable practices. The goal for that was to really give back to the community and to do like farm shares and CSAs in a place where people don't have access and for people just to feel empowered to walk up, ask questions. And hey, if you want something from the farm, spend a little time, talk to me, you can get a free share. I'll teach you about something and go about your way. Um, it's something I'm still working on and doing even with Gem City Market. But, it, you know, with COVID, you know, there was a choice to make. And, you know, for me, it was the choice to start cultivating that space that I had. That is beautiful um, <clears throat> because it also is honoring of 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 the soil, of the space um, and just such respect for uh, nature and how things are grown. Um, I do want to pop back to one thing that you were talking about when you were talking about the market. Um, you talked about the difference between a desert and an apartheid. Talk about that um, as it pertains to food insecurity. Sure. So the, we use the food, the term food desert. And when you think about a desert, a desert is a natural phenomenon that happens. When we talk about an apartheid, apartheid acknowledges that what's happening in our communities isn't natural. This is actually man-made. And if you can acknowledge that something's man-made, you can also acknowledge the hope that as, as, as people that we can kind of reverse this thing together. So earlier talking about with the market, redlining and the things that have happened as a community, we started looking at those and addressing those and our disparities. And together and collectively, we're starting to have not only ownership of our market, but ownership of our community and our neighborhoods, figuring out and solving our issues through collaboration in the market. Yeah, that I think that's, that part is critical um, to understand how systemic it, all of it is, right? It, it's yeah. very much. And then also if, if, if what's been caused has been done by it's man-made then then also the solution can also be man-made right we have the ability Absolutely. to reverse the action so i love that um and i, I love that you also said uh, about yourself as it pertains to the pandemic and 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 your options i had the tools i had the ability it was just really about the willpower that's a major major statement in terms of people understanding and, and walking in purpose right you have what it takes but you got to go for it. So Candace, I want to talk to you. Thank you, Leah. Uh, Candace, I want to talk to you a little bit about the work that you do and how you've infused that <clears throat> into both of your passions. Um, and, and, and talk about uh, the, the demographic that you work with as far as education is concerned and, and the history behind that um, relative to your family. Uh, and then talk about how you've infused that in your love for baking and cooking. Right. So um, my brother, uh, the one closest to me in age, there's four of us in all, but uh, brother three years younger than me was diagnosed with uh, mild mental retardation when he was very, very, very young. And so growing up in school, my sister was five years older. We were really in school together. Uh, so if I was in school with any sibling, it was going to be my brother. And once we hit middle school, I started seeing, um, you know, elementary, I knew that he was in a different class. He was in a special needs, you know, room. But in middle school, I started seeing how he was coming home with his glasses broken and being bullied by others. And um, once high school hit, I, I knew that I wanted to go into the field of uh, more special needs. I always wanted to be a teacher. I didn't know exactly how, you know, it was going to work out with, um, with whether I was going to be truly teaching in the classroom or not. But once I went to uh, Wright State, I started in general education and I just knew I wanted to be a teacher and this is what I'm gonna be. 
And I went for a few years and it wasn't clicking for me. Um, so I took a couple of years off. I was a workaholic, uh, working every single job, um, 40, 60 <laughs> hours a week. You <laughs> were. For a few years. And then when I finally went back to school, I switched to rehabilitation education. And that was the key for me. Um, and I went straight into um, autism. That was my zone and it just clicked. And so although that's not what he was diagnosed with, it was still that special needs teaching. It's a phenomenon with autism of we don't know exactly where it's coming from, why every single person is different. And I feel like that's how I felt um, growing up with him. Didn't know why, didn't know why for all of these things. So I started in that field, um, teaching kids with autism. And then once I got into it, after a few years, my niche became working with um, their maladaptive behaviors. Um, so all the behaviors we wanted to um, decrease so that we could increase more of those positive behaviors so that they could stay in gen ed situations or um, classrooms with bigger sizes. And I then became on this, this field of um, just working with kids with the behaviors and I Started my business um, in 2017, and they were pretty separate in the beginning. I was baking, and then I was going to work and doing that. Uh, but when I moved to Cincinnati, I started working at a private school for kids with autism and other disabilities. So there are a few kids with Down syndrome there. There are a few kids that just have some emotional disturbance diagnoses. Um, and there they had these clubs after school uh, to kind of mimic and parallel what a uh, gen ed population would do. They would go to dances and they would have, you know, a chess club or they would have um, a, a dance club or something like that. So we started a cooking club and I started um, after school, you know, for those that had signed up with uh, the way they set it up with the school, uh, we would do it once a week um, for about 45 minutes and teach the kids um, all of the different techniques in the kitchen, really starting basics with independence and the biggest thing I saw was their fear in the kitchen. You know, when you already have some deficits in some areas, then it's harder around things you can't control, like a stove and an oven, or like these appliances. You don't know what to do with these, so they're a little scary. Um, so we started very, very basic with how to hold a, a butter knife, um, how to hold one properly and make some cold cooked sandwiches so you can make your own lunches, and work on that independence as well as getting in there and cooking um, and making, you know, pizza from scratch. We made cupcakes and cookies. We made pasta, all sorts of things. Um, so that started and that got my passion into doing some classes. And now um, with that connection, I also work with um, the Greater Autism Society of Cincinnati through my job there um, and do some clubs that they have um, on Saturdays. They're about an hour. And so it's all virtual. Um, it started in the pandemic, so um, which is kind of cool to get something new and exciting going in a time of such disparity. So mm -hmm. on Saturdays, you know, I would just set up my camera in the kitchen and be talking to them live, and they'd be doing the exact same thing at their house. Um, and it's different ages um, starting. I believe they they allow age uh, three and four. You know, even to start with their parents there. So. That has been um, really fun, really rewarding. We just did one two weeks ago, you know, leading up to Easter. And I was able to get my niece on with me so that she could tap into, you know, the kid mindset with the kids so they can see a kid teaching them, which is kind of cute. Um, so now I'm working with um, them through, the, through my job about every three months having a live class. And that is a whole lot of fun to be able to do the cooking and the baking 
uh, for, you know, my own business and for birthdays, you know, and celebrations, but also helping those that um, need more assistance in the kitchen so that they can learn more and do more on their own. I think that is so wonderful. And, and Candace, how have you seen that impact some of their level of confidence um, as individuals? Um, I've seen a, a huge jump in confidence. There's a, a girl that I was working with that was uh, so, so afraid of the stove. I mean, just wouldn't get anywhere near it. She'd be all the way back here and would plop something all the way over. And so we worked on getting closer and closer to the stove and worked on um, how to read a recipe. And, you know, after several weeks of doing it, um, I got them all aprons and with her name on it and everything. And her mom sent me an email uh, saying, you will never guess who made breakfast for the entire family. <laughs> and I was like, no, she didn't. She said, yeah, she told us to sit down and she made French toast and did this whole thing. And just to see that confidence level, I mean, change to be able to wanting to do it on her own and having the confidence that I can do this. And even if, you know, oil splashes on me, it's okay. It might sting a little bit, yes, but it's not the end of the world. Even showing them, I've been splashed before as well, you know, things like that. And, but that's your, it's okay. That's been a huge jump, just even seeing it with social relationships and the confidence there. So it kind of merges into different areas of their life. Wow, that's great. I love that impact. It's, it's all about the impact. Love what you guys are both doing with the community and the ways that you're giving back. Um, uh, Candice, what are your some of your favorite? Th I know what my favorite things for you to bake are, but uh, is that Oreo? <laughs> no, it is. No, what is it? For my birthday, uh, it wasn't last year, probably the year before that, because I haven't gathered because of pandemic stuff. But I think it was a strawberry lemonade cake. Mm. In fact, I think I had a yeah. It was a strawberry lemonade cake, and it was amazing. Uh, that's for you. Yeah, that's not on the menu, folks. <laughs> it's not. I'm sorry. I am that person, y'all. Tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong. I am that person that goes to every restaurant and makes up a menu. <laughs> can you make this for me? I know this is not on the menu, but can y'all put this with this and put it together and saute it a little bit and then like, that's what I want. <laughs> am I wrong, y'all? Do I need I to do it. No, you're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for real. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing. You know, you know what you want. Yeah. Uh, you don't quite see. I promise that is me. I literally was thinking about that the other day. Like, I'm always making up menu. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and what then you telling want. them, and then telling them, like, the last person did it for me. So I know you do it. <laughs> I, I, I was literally in, uh, where was I? I was in Barcelona, right? And, 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 and uh, we went to this restaurant and, I love carrot cake, right? I love carrot cake. And they were like, yeah, that was on the menu yesterday. Like literally I begged these people like, listen, carrot cake is my favorite cake. But I was like, listen, I came all the way from America just to taste <laughs> Please go talk to your manager. Go talk to whoever you're gonna talk to. I want this carrot cake. And they made like, it I, go, I go to the extremes for food, y'all. It's really sad. <laughs> I go to the extremes. <laughs> Like, please let me have a piece of this carrot cake. But Candace, what are you from some of your favorite things to bake? Uh, I love uh, vanilla bean cake. Um, I think mainly because I hadn't had it before I had made it myself. 
Me uh, either. So, oh, <laughs> now that's one where you're you're eating the batter and you're asking yourself how much batter is safe to eat. <laughs> you can't wait to bake it. It's so good. I'm, pro I'm sure um, it smells good too. Fresh vanilla bean is amazing. You just open the pod and you just stand there and you, you just take in the fragrance. It's a whole experience for me. Um, so I love vanilla bean. Um, I love Oreo cake. I mean, that's what was on my mind. I love making it, um, you know, crushing the Oreos, decorating a different way with the Oreos, whether you put it underneath an icing layer or you, you know, put it on top with um, some rosettes. Um, so I love that. And then you can't go wrong with the classic pound cake. Can't go wrong. And I think that's because where it all started for me. Um, <laughs> I've taken, you know, the traditional vanilla and lemon pound cake. And I, I really love a blueberry lemon cream cheese pound cake. I'm not a cream cheese person, but when you put some cream cheese and some baking, bless the Lord, it'll do something for you. So, <laughs> I'm not big Praise Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it, uh, that sounds all wonderful. I need to uh, I'm hungry. need to yeah. taste it. Yeah. <laughs> you putting out good product. Let me be quality control. Yes, um, please. I will too. I got time. I can make time for that. You got time. I can make time. Exactly. We'll work something out. You know, I taste a little bit of yours. You'll taste a little bit of mine. We could definitely do that. That would be awesome. Exactly. Leah, what are your what are some of your favorite things to prepare? Oh wow. Um, I. I like to prepare some of my favorite meals like that I like to do or just I if I really have time to make everything from scratch. So like I like to make raviolis in particular. So like I'll do like a braised rib ravioli oh, with wow. like a gure and then I'll make like a um and then I'll yeah, so I like to do like that or like I like to braise meat, so like really butchering it by myself, taking the time. So like doing like Braised lamb over like a um, butternut squash risotto with some kind of like truffle drizzle or some something like like a roasted vegetable. I like doing <laughs> stuff like that. Like I just like simple, simple, easy cooking. Oh my yeah, god! Right. <laughs> I know. That's Water like, over here. Cheers. I like braised stuff. <laughs> Please, I need all of that. Man, that sounds so great. That sounds so 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 amazing. Um. So what what is ultimate for you, Candice, on this journey of becoming a baker, business owner? What is ultimate? What would you like to see happen with your craft? You know, I would love to get uh, into wedding cakes more. Um, mm -hmm. I do wedding cakes. It's let me get married. So you can make the cake. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, hold on. No problems with it. <laughs> Um, I just did a groom's cake uh, about two weeks ago, and there's just, there is an anxiety level um, that is beyond <laughs> that Major. goes with making a cake for such an occasion, but there's also that sit back and look at it like, okay, I did that. Okay. That, you know, that's, that's your work. That's your hands straight into, into, you know, this, this decoration, it's artwork. Um, I really believe that baking is art. So I really want to get into weddings um, eventually down the line in the future. I've always wanted a cookbook. Um, and I think that stems from the cooking passion I have, but also the baking. I love taking recipes and doing my own thing to them. Um, so those are a couple goals. I don't know where um, where I'll, I'll land. Everybody wants me to have a bakery. I'm not 
I'm not feeling it right now. I'm thinking of having a, I'm a home baker right now. And I'm thinking of, you know, a renovated kitchen where that's my spot. There's nothing like getting up and baking and going to bed after you've had a long night instead of being at a separate place. So I would love to transform, you know, my own kitchen one day into my bakery. Um, so those are some, some thoughts that I have. Fantastic. And I would like to see your, your, your sweets in Gym City Market. So make sure you talk to Leah. Okay. So Leah, <laughs> Leah what's, what's, your ultimate? what's your ultimate? I know you have several lanes that you occupy. You're a farmer, you're a chef, you're the general manager of such an amazing, amazing project. Um, so what, what's your ultimate? Yeah, I think my, my ultimate now is, you know, right now it's really emergence inside of myself like this journey has meant a lot to me and like it's really made me check myself i had i have to say an authentic place you can't be in any of these positions and, and not really check yourself so like through life every day learning how to do that but my ultimate goal and always has been and it's becoming more clear to me is to really be a cultivator of spaces and to empower others so to like i want to go to a church and turn your yard into a farm and you can call on me and check like small spaces like like i want to convert and, and and grow and 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 go and establish and be somebody that people can collaborate with and mentor with and continue to like extend like that branch together yeah that's what i want to do in the term yeah so let Ultimately, me know about the cakes <laughs> right can we get a cake <laughs> something a brownie um that <laughs> I love, I love, absolutely love the passion for what you all do, but I also like how that passion, that passion translate into really helping others and it being about others because realistically the gifts and the talents that we have really isn't about us. It's about how well we share them and uh, how well we cultivate them to then be able to pull out of others what's, what's within them. Uh, um, so I'm so grateful for the conversation. I'm so grateful for the work that you're both doing. Um, and I highly encourage you to keep going um, and, and, and don't stop until you get to the ultimate. Um, <clears throat> so uh, again, Lear, anything you, you, you want to share before we depart about the market, uh, where they can go? I shared the website across the bottom. But if you want to share anything about membership and where to go and that kind of thing. Any opportunities people have? Um, talk about potentially the the grand opening time frame for that. That would be fantastic in departing. Yeah, we're we're really in good timing right now. So coming in the building, even this week, it changes every day. There's tags on the shelf. We've had all of our vendors in the building. Um, construction's literally finishing things, and so once and I'm paying people, that means something. So like <laughs> you, you know, we've we're about. Right, we're 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 at the checkbook out. So like we're about ninety percent hired. Our membership is about thirty eight hundred strong. We're supposed to be at three thousand upon opening, so we're doing really good. If you want to know about hiring or membership, about our mission statement, about who we are, you can go to gemcitymarket.com to see any of that information. We're also on Facebook. We're also on Instagram. I really want everybody to tune in to check us out because within the I would say within the next ten days, we're going to be making some very important announcements about the grand opening if not sooner i'm really excited fantastic i'm so excited as well i can't wait i cannot wait literally Absolutely. yesterday um candace in departing what you got for us where can we support you how can we be a help to your business and your vision well i'd like to say that april is autism acceptance month 
Um, so that just started and Governor DeWine just passed the bill from it being autism awareness to autism acceptance. And that is huge. So um, please uh, accept, become more aware so that you can learn. Um, I'm very passionate about kids um, with special needs. So uh, you can check out my page on Facebook and Instagram at Candice Denise Cakes. And then my website is CandiceDenise.com. All right, we'll do that, Candace. Thank you so much, Leah. And Candace, thank you for your time today. Greatly appreciate you both coming and talking to us about the stuff that you love. Your passion shines through every word that you say, everything that you do. So let's keep at it, ladies. I appreciate you for coming on. Thank you for having me. All right. I appreciate it. Yes. So thank you so much for joining in episode three. I mean... I just know some amazing people. I'm just, I'm just excited because these women are amazing and doing such wonderful things. Um, want to make sure that you join us uh, for our next, our next episode is going to be amazing. Our next episode, we're doing the writer's block. I'm talking to some amazing women authors that you need to know that you may not know. So I want you to join us next time on Queen Conversation. Come on, ladies, let's join in. Join in. Talk about life, faith, and beauty in so much.